got to have some work, Halita. You're the master of the sword guild. Anything. It's hard times right now, Mieka. How about a border dispute between the Famari clan and the Tarheja family? They want swords, and it is ongoing. Which side? Either. I'm supplying for both. What's it pay? Would you take harvest trade? I have to have coin. Well, there's the rub, isn't it? It's not that there's no work available, it's that no one is paying. Or they're hiring outside of the guild. We will find and punish anyone who doesn't go through the guild for sword work. Or anyone who accepts work outside the guild as well. So be warned. What else is there? Community Collective have a theft problem and need someone to stand in the common square during farmer's market and look menacing. It's regular every weekend. What does it pay? Nothing yet, but after a while, they should be able to... I can't take it. Mieka, sometimes you have to take these non-paying arrangements that lead to paying ones. I want something now. All right, all right. Someone is looking for escort to Payeka. That pays. I can't travel out of Koti. Can't or won't? Can't. I have... Obligations. You have ill-advised debts from unwise associates, you mean. I can't default. They'll take my sword and breastplate next, and if I leave town, they will hurt my family. Then where will I be? Don't make your troubles my troubles. Uh, this one has been up for a couple of weeks. South Downs Lord has an infestation and needs someone to take care of it. A couple of weeks? You never mentioned this to me last week. I was reserving it for Yastava. Yastava? Yes, as a favor for doing one of those non-paying jobs you turned your nose up on. See how that works? You take a non-paying job, I get you the next one that pays. Turns out he's joined the Famari clan on that border dispute, so this is now available. You didn't tell me Yastava was on one of the sides. Not for me to say. Now. Do you want this or not? It pays? Yes, upon proof of ridding the planting grounds of its creature menace. Well, all right, I'll take it. Mieka, this could be dangerous. Oh, now you're trying to talk me out of it so you can give it to Yastava. I'll take it. All right. I'll inform his lordship someone will be there early in the morning to take care of the problem. Fine, I'll be there. That's Early, as in sunrise, Mieka. So, you're the sellsword Halita sent to take care of my problem. Yes, my lord. I'm not your lord, I'm his son, and not by his choice anyway. So keep your titles to yourself. Uh, yes, my lord. Y yes, sir. Uh, yes. Yes. The planting grounds are being menaced by an underground creature, which are threatening the workers there. They refuse to do any more planting until it's dealt with. I don't blame them. Bring me its head, and I will pay you goodly for it, with my thanks. Will do. Uh, excuse me, what kind of creature are we dealing with? We? You are dealing with it. No one has seen the full size of it. It burrows tunnels under the ground, and then drags the planters under when the poor beggars step over the top of it. 
I need to be rid of this thing as soon as possible. I will do my best. Mirka headed out in the early morning sun to the planting grounds. He was still unsure what he was to do, and it occurred to him that he is only paid for killing the beast, not merely driving it away from the lands. What if it runs off never to return? What if it doesn't appear for another week? No wonder Yastava hadn't taken this job. The planting grounds were fields half-plowed, and the rest were left fallow. At the midpoint of the field, there was a huge mound of earth that came up to Mieka's hip. My, just how big is this monster? This was the earth moved aside by the creature when it last came up to surface to snatch one of the workers at the plow. Or one of the oxen, it did not matter. But that was obviously weeks ago. Had it gone away? Was this still a hunting ground for it if the workers were no longer here? Had it moved on? And how did it know people were working above it anyways? Mieka spent some time thrusting his sword into the mound of earth in the hopes of waking up the creature or attracting its attention. After about an hour or so, he gave that up and instead decided to start stomping around the grounds with his boots to make noise underground in hopes of attracting the creature. Several hours of this yielded nothing and made Mieka feel rather silly for the sight of him doing so. He sat and looked at the field, half plowed and half fallow, and that's when he got the idea. The peasant farmer wouldn't do any plowing himself in the field, but he would. With reluctance, but because of the Lord, he allowed his ox and plow to be used. Mieka took the ox and plow and set it upon the fallow portion of the field and began to turn the soil. It was much harder work than he thought it would be, and the ground reluctantly yielded to the pole of the ox and the blade of the plow. And after only a short while of this hot and hard work, Mieka took off his breastplate and set it nearby. The sun was on its journey down toward the horizon, and Mieka was beginning to doubt that he was doing anything toward attracting the creature, but thinking he had no real other alternatives when there was a quivering beneath his feet. There was no sound, and he would have missed it had he not stopped momentarily to wipe the sweat from his brow. But standing still, he could feel a definite tremble in the earth around him. Mieka dropped the plow harness from his shoulders and ran across the freshly plowed earth toward his breastplate and sword. He donned his breastplate and was just unsheathing his sword when the ox gave a huge bellow. Mieka looked up and saw the earth around the ox rolling beneath the surface, and then, in one sudden, horrible moment, it erupted with violence. There were thin legs with sharp hooks wrapping around the beast, and a giant insect-like head came up and its pincer-like mandibles snapped onto the frightened animal. Mieka had just been standing there only a moment ago. Mieka ran up to the two beasts struggling amidst flying earth and flesh. After a moment's hesitation, gave his sword a mighty swing at the creature below. He expected his steel to bite deep into the earthen creature, but instead it bounced off with a ringing sound as if he had struck someone's shield. And then he realized the smooth, dark carapace surrounding the creature was not soft flesh, but instead a hardened, rounded shell. It was an ankhe. 
Mieka's heart pounded in fear. These were fearsome, deadly beasts. The creature's head was still attached to the ox. Its chitinous teeth sunk into the beast's neck, but its glistening black eyes swiveled toward Mieka. At that moment, when the creature beheld Mieka, the head of the ox fell off from the body, the monster's mandibles snapping together like a pincer tool. Two more legs came up from beneath and latched onto the ox, and then it began to drag the corpse under the earth. No, 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 no! Mieka cried as the beast nearly disappeared from the surface of the earth. He jabbed his sword lengthwise down into the hole, and he could hear his steel clanging against the armor of the beast. For a short moment, the creature had completely disappeared, but then it erupted up through the earth again, right behind Mieka, tipping him over in the violence. When Mieka got back to his feet again, the creature was facing him, half of its length still below the ground. Above, it was still two men in length, with four legs planted upon the ground, and a large rounded head and snapping mandibles. Mieka didn't want it to come up out of the hole any farther, and he might have more legs to battle with, and it would be more agile with more legs above the surface of the earth. He plunged inward with a flurry of swings, all of which hit the creature, but most of them bounced off the rounded armor of its shell. Then he felt the reverberations in his hands on the sword blade. Mieka wished he had a heavier weapon, like an axe, to cut through the shell something he could use with both hands. In a moment of inspiration, he grasped the blade just after the hilt with his other hand in an attempt to bring a heavier blow against the creature. The mandible snapped at him as it thrust its head forward and then drew it back just as Mieka's sword attempted to land a blow upon its head, but it only succeeded in chopping off one of its antennae. The beast gave a harsh screech in pain and a blackened green ichor oozed out from the wound. After this, the creature stopped trying to bite Mieka, but instead tried to catch him up in its forward clawed legs. Mieka started using his sword, defending himself from the protruding arms attempting to grapple him. He would have to guard to both sides from above almost simultaneously. He started backing away to keep some distance from this giant insectoid, but it rose up out of the hole in the earth and closed the distance once again. If it got out of its hole, it could maneuver freely. Mieka knew the fight would be lost then. It was formidable. He would be overwhelmed by its strength and size and speed if it had full mobility. In desperation, Mieka made a chop at the creature's leg instead of parrying it and was rewarded by wounding the claw at the end. The creature shrieked out of pain as it waggled its wounded leg in the air and its flopping claw at the end now useless. Mieka shouted in triumph, Take that, you earth fiend! He blocked the other leg stretching out for him then returned to the wounded leg again to try to sever the claw completely. In this he missed, however, and caused him to overstrike to that side, his blade sinking into the soft earth. He was bent over to the side, and he knew with a panic that his exposed side was greatly vulnerable. But before he could twist out of the way, the creature's claw sunk in deep, and his mind exploded with pain. Ah! 
Now the creature had its hooked claw in him, and it began to contract its leg, drawing him toward those razor-sharp mandibles. In a frenzy, he began hacking at the leg that held him, landing his edge right at the joint that was reeling him in. In a splattering of Ikor, he severed the limb in twain, and both he and the creature fell back from each other, both emitting painful cries. <coughs> Mieka attempted to stagger away and was frantically scanning to a place he might retreat towards when the creature reared up taller out of the hole. With horrified eyes, Mieka beheld the creature towering up fully twice his height, screeching out with pain and fury. He was entirely distant at the reach of either of the wounded claw legs, but Mieka was frozen with fright and terror. Then the creature's head, with its multifaceted eyes and single antennae, suddenly lurched forward, its mandibles spread out wide. From the center of its mouth came a stream of a yellowish, caustic liquid. Reflexively, Mieka put his sword out in front of him as if to block the spray, but it did nothing to keep him from being fully doused from the monster's spittle. All his bare skin suddenly flared in pain as if it were on fire, and indeed his clothing, though wet, began smoking and falling away, and the metal of his breastplate and sword sizzled like bacon in a pan. Mieka took in a breath to scream, and his mouth and lungs were filled with an acidic vapor, and his chest burned from within and from without. Mieka fell to the ground and screamed in agony, every inch of his body in great and racking pain. He felt the strong pincers of the anghead bite into his leg, and a new wave of pain shot up his and as he was being dragged back toward the monster, Mieka's mind began to drift. The pain gave way to a cloudy haze of confusion. Before, he was dragged back into the Ankheg's hole in the soil to be devoured later. Mieka's last thoughts were, maybe he could have taken one of those harvest trade jobs. You've been listening to Mieka vs. the Ankhag, a Dungeons & Damsels short story side quest written and performed by David Ian. Sound engineering by Dino T. Elfweld. Sound design by David Ian. Theme by Ron Paravich. Music by Mark Rose. Dungeons & Damsels is a medieval sword and sorcery fantasy series produced by Unchained Productions.